welcome to season four, whoa, crazy, of the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton. Hello. And we are glad to be here today. We are studying this in 2021, the Doctrine and Covenants, and can't believe we made it this far. That whoa I said was a real astonishment I had because it's season four. And here we are finally getting to study the Doctrine and Covenants, and we're looking forward to this year and all that is ahead. In fact, we wanted to start this first episode by just a brief review Uh, for anyone that's listening for the first time of what this podcast is about and what we'll be doing this year to help you as you study. So, as we mention every week in our introduction, our purpose at the Scripture Study Project is to help you have a powerful personal experience in the Scriptures, to connect to God, to discover the Scriptures, to invest your own heart and mind into your study. Um, We are not focused on providing you the greatest insights or uh, the greatest answers or the highlight experiences of your study because we fully believe that those will come to you, should come to you. We always say, if this is the highlight of your scripture study experience this week, then we've done something wrong. Rather, we want to provide you the tools, the resources, the perspectives, the questions uh, that Maybe the the framework. That was one thing that we talked about, especially this year. We mentioned this in that brief episode we did a few days ago, but really just that the storyline isn't woven into the scriptures in the Doctrine and Covenants like it has been in the New Testament and in the Book of Mormon. And so this really gives us a chance to help you to find resources that will help frame that study so that you can get more out of your scripture study. And in the end, really, connect to God in your everyday life, feel him in the scriptures, because that isn't something that we can do or anyone else can do for you. But when you feel God in your scripture study, when you hear him and using the scriptures as a way to get to closer to him, um, I think that's our only hope is that we can aid you even just a little bit in that process. So a couple of changes we'll be making this year uh, for this year's episodes um, in the podcast to help that is... First of all, even though this episode today uh, isn't coming out on Friday, from now on, all of our episodes will come out on Friday, probably Friday evening, um, to get you ready for Sunday. Uh, I know there's a lot of uh, seminary teachers out there that use this podcast to prepare, and I know from experience working with a lot of seminary teachers that they use the weekend to prepare their study for their upcoming week. And now because the whole church, including seminary, is aligned, We wanted to make sure that these resources are available a little bit earlier than usual. So episodes will come out Friday evening or Saturday, Friday evening or Saturday morning to whenever you listen to them. And then we're also going to, uh, we want to involve you in the scripture study project. We've had this vision for years that we wanted the project to be so much bigger than just us. Last year, we had some great guest speakers on our podcast and we loved their perspectives. But this year, we want to expand it even more. We want to invite you to be a part of the Scripture Study Project. We want your ideas, your thoughts, your inspirations, your answers. And I think that the way that we're hoping to make that work is to 
connect a little more with you through Instagram rather than just sending out some posts, which we've liked because we've been able to feel like Instagram's a place that we can kind of get some communication back and forth. The one hang up with a podcast is that sometimes you don't feel like, well, we feel like we're just talking to a microphone a lot of the times, which is true. Um, But what we would love is we're going to frame this in the episode, give some questions for your study, and then through Instagram, we're hoping that you will give us some interaction based on how your study went and based on some of the questions that we're going to provide there on Instagram and here on the podcast too. So we're hoping we want to hear from you. Yeah. We're hoping to include you in this and make this just a really great year. Yeah. So to start, we wanted to introduce just briefly the doctrine and covenants in this first episode in a way that will set you up for your study this year. That'll set all of us up. Three questions I think are important to understand as we study the Doctrine and Covenants. The who, the what, and the why. Now these are pretty easy to answer, um, but they set the Doctrine and Covenants apart as a, uh, a pretty unique book of Scripture. First of all, the who in the Doctrine and Covenants is a little bit different than other books of Scripture. Whereas last year, the speakers in the Scriptures were predominantly Um, the Nephites that were telling their story, in the Doctrine and Covenants, the primary speaker, almost sole speaker, is the Lord himself. This is the Lord speaking to men and women, answering their questions and, and providing them direction. It's his voice that we hear. And that sets the Doctrine and Covenants apart. The second question of what um, is, it's a book of answers. Again, whereas the other books of Scripture have story with truth woven in, this book is a book of answers. It is answers to real people living real lives, but who have real questions and real problems. Every single section comes because somebody somewhere asked a question or had a problem to which the Lord gives a response. In one way to think about it is, We have 138 sections in the Doctrine and Covenants plus two official declarations. That's 140 answers to real questions and real problems that real people face every day. And what's cool is that we're going to help you know what those questions are as part of um, our episodes. But these are things that you can so easily access. It's just right there in your Gospel Library app. Um, I don't know. I had fun looking through this just the other day. And so I wanted to share this because a lot of the questions that we or the feedback that we got was, I'm a little nervous to know how the storyline is. You know, how do I know that? And like I said, we are going to provide that in the episodes. But so easy. We are so lucky that we live in a day with so many cool resources. You go to your Gospel Library app. Right there on the front page, Restoration and Church History, you click on that, and they've got all sorts of things, but right at the top, there's Saints that is great. We've talked about that. You can read that, and then under that is Doctrine and Covenants Study. You click on that, and you have three of just perfect resources for each book of study. Specifically, I think one, well, all three of them, there's the Doctrine and Covenants Historical Resources. Joseph Smith's Revelations, and then Revelation in Context. And that historical resources literally goes through each section and tells you all about what was happening. And so there you have it right there to read, to study. So I just think this is going to be a great thing, especially for what we've been trying to 
promote, I guess, on the podcast is that you can really find answers to your questions. And here we get to study people that have those. And I th just think it makes it more alive, more real for each of us. So there are so many resources for us out there to figure out what the questions are and the answers. In fact, you'll see that in the way that we organize our episodes this season. We are going to heavily focus on at least one, maybe sometimes more, but a question that we feel is so central to our relationship with God that this week's study in the Doctrine and Covenants can help us answer. We want to help flesh out that question, make it rich for you, um, and then we are mostly going to leave you your own study of that question. We won't be racing to try and answer that question on the podcast. We'll answer it, of course, in our own personal study, and we want you to do the same in yours, and then connect with us via social media to share your answers. Um, but these questions are going to be hugely influential. If we can figure out the question that caused the revelation, then we can figure out the answers to our own problems and our own questions. The third question about the Doctrine and Covenants that I think is important to get an answer to before you start a study is why. Why was it given? This comes from the introduction of the Doctrine and Covenants. There's a lot there, but in paragraph 6, it says this, These sacred revelations were received in answer to prayer, in times of need, and came out of real-life situations involving real people. The prophet and his associates sought for divine guidance, and these revelations certify that they received it. In the revelations, one sees the restoration and the unfolding of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the ushering in of the dispensation of the fullness of times. In other words, the whole purpose of the Doctrine and Covenants is to restore and unfold God's truth to his children. And I think after the year that we just had, that probably raised more questions than any previous year, at least in my history, we need a book that can restore us, restore light and answer and order and organization and power and truth to our lives. The Doctrine and Covenants is that. It's not just text on a page. This is God restoring things to people's lives. And if we do this right, we can experience him restoring truth, light, power, organization to our lives as well. And I love the way that this kind of emphasizes that point a little more. In the introduction, quoting right here, it says, Joseph and the early saints viewed the revelations as they did the church, living, dynamic, subject to refinement with additional revelation. And I love that we get to see this in the broader scope of the church and how it grows and how it changes and how it is being restored even today. You know, I love thinking about the church in those in those ways. It's living, it's dynamic, it's being refined and there's revelation coming always. But also that part of this, these questions and answers that we get to see in the Doctrine and Covenants are personal questions. And that we are living and dynamic and subject to refinement and needing additional revelations in our personal lives too. And so I think that restoration is happening on a broader scope of the church and also on this very personal level for each of us too. So as we dive into section one of the Doctrine and Covenants, a little bit of background that helps this section pop for me. First of all, and you may already know this, but Doctrine and Covenants section 1 was not the earliest revelation received in the Doctrine and Covenants. In fact, 
uh, it's received quite a few years uh, into the unfolding story of the, Re uh, of the Restoration. In 1831, uh, Joseph Smith proposed that the revelations, that many of the revelations that had been received previous were, would be printed, published, and then distributed to the membership of the church and then given to missionaries as they went out to try and preach the gospel. And so they gathered together the revelations and they wanted to write a preface, an introduction to the Doctrine and Covenants. Now, a couple of church members were commissioned to write it, but when they brought their preface back to the council that was uh, over this, this printing and publishing, the preface just wouldn't do. And so they petitioned Joseph Smith to ask God what his preface would be. And Joseph received section one in bits. He would speak a little bit and then they would write what he wrote. He would review what they wrote and then he would uh, reveal the next phrase or the next line. And so bit by bit, this section one was revealed. Now, what I think makes this section pop a little bit is understanding when it was received and how similar 1831 is to 2021. First of all, in 1831, Zion has been identified. Up to this point, there's been promise of a land of Zion, a promised land where the saints could gather. And in 1831, they know where it is. It's in Jackson County, Missouri. At least that's the center place of Zion. However, when they go and visit Jackson County, which they do in 1831, Joseph and some others, when they get there, it's this backwater trading post on the western frontier of the U.S. that is really not much to look at. It's a very disappointing realization that Zion isn't already built. It's going to have to be built. And so part of section one, part of the Doctrine and Covenants is this is how we're going to build Zion, not just the Jackson County Zion, but Zion as a people and Zion as a church. Uh, the church is also growing pretty rapidly in 1831, um, but some of the members of the church are turning critical of the prophet and other church leaders. Um, one example is Ezra Booth, who's a fairly recent convert to the church. In 1831, start pu starts publishing letters, publishes nine of them, in the Ohio Star, newspaper in Ohio, criticizing the prophet Joseph Smith. He starts publishing them in November of 1831. And if you look at the heading for section one, November 1st, 1831, this section was received right then when this criticism is just starting to come out. There have, of course, been critics of the church since its inception, but this is one of the first times where inside members of the church, former members, are starting to turn and attack the church. Well, and we see this in this chapter that we're studying today, this anger that comes from the Lord and his dissatisfaction with all the things that is is happening, like Zach was explaining, of these members who are turning against Joseph. Um, starting in verse 13, and the anger of the Lord is kindled and his sword is bathed in heaven and it shall fall upon the inhabitants of the earth. And the arm of the Lord shall be revealed and the day cometh that they who will not hear the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants, neither give heed to the words of the prophets and apostles shall be cut off from among the people. For they have strayed from mine ordinances and have broken mine everlasting covenant. Um, we didn't want to shy away from these verses because within the Doctrine and Covenants, we see a lot of chastening from the Lord, him not happy with what is going on. And I think it's important for us to to even put that into perspective for, for our own 
needs and our own lives as we seek to hear the voice of God. That maybe sometimes he is chastening us, but it's not because he is angry or is an angry God, but instead he just wants us to repent. And it says that later on in this chapter, which I just think I just love. Yeah. So understanding what's happening in 1831 and how pivotal that time is in church history, I think helps this section be really relevant to us. In fact, I think it helps the whole Doctrine and Covenants be really relevant to us. As an example, I really liked verse 17. I think it sums up the entire Doctrine and Covenants. Wherefore, I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth, called upon my servant Joseph Smith Jr. and spake unto him from heaven and gave him commandments. I think that, in a nutshell, is the description of this entire book. I, God, knowing the problems that are coming up for the world, am going to speak and give truth, give answers, and give direction and commandments to my children to help them navigate the problems that are coming. Um, I did a little bit of historical research to find out exactly what calamities were happening in the 1830s, and I was surprised at how relevant they are to the calamities we are experiencing in the 2020s. And I think the Lord saw both, those that were coming in the 1830s and the ones that he sees today. For example, in 1831, uh, there had been a cholera epidemic that had hit many places in the world, but in 1831, it hits the United States and it starts to spread quickly. 50% of every, 50 of the people that contract cholera die. In fact, I was reading a journal article or a journal passage from Joseph Smith um, that's a little bit later on, but where he goes to New York City and meets a young man whose family, his entire family had contracted cholera, including him. He was the only one that survived and everyone else in his family had passed away. And Joseph talks to him as he's sitting on a park bench in New York City. So that is happening in the 1830s. Um, because of that and other factors, uh, later on in the 1830s, one of the biggest economic recessions of the 1800s hits um, especially hits the United States. Um, the church will be caught up in that. The Kirtland Bank that fails and a lot of the persecution that comes at the prophet from other church members comes because of these economic difficulties and the strain that puts on the church. There was political turmoil. Um, <laughs> this was interesting to me. In the, in the elections, uh, 1824 and 1828 elections were interesting because the 1824 election was a contested election. Neither party agreed that the other one won. And so they brokered what in history is called the corrupt bargain, where essentially one party agreed that the other party could be president as long as that party agreed that this party got some of their things through Congress. It turned out that in 1828, uh, the election reversed. Uh, the other party won, uh, and it became one of the ugliest and most verbally abusive uh, campaigns in history. Joseph Smith himself runs for president in 1844 because he felt that by and large, his people had been ignored by the national federal government. So there's political things wrapped up in this. There's natural disasters that come. Some of them are mentioned right in the first chapter of Saints, uh, the year without summer, um, and some of the fires and the earthquakes that take place in and around the eastern part of the United States. All of that's happening in 1831. And the Lord says, I, God, knowing these calamities are coming in the 1830s, and I think in the 2020s, I'm going to speak to you and give you this book and further revelation to help you navigate all these problems. Well, and we hear that in this chapter and start from the voice of the Lord. He says, 
in verse 11, Wherefore, the voice of the Lord is unto the ends of the earth, that all that will hear may hear. Prepare ye, prepare ye, for that which is to come, for the Lord is nigh. And as I read that, I thought that certainly that is one of those, the Lord is nigh, I'm coming again, I'm restoring this church. But also I think I liked pairing it with that verse, that all that will hear may hear, for the Lord is nigh. Now I paraphrase that a little bit, but that all that will hear may hear. If you're willing, you're going to hear because the Lord is close. And maybe we take that as, yes, he is coming, but also that he's close to us. He's closer than we think. And that if we'll listen, he's going to be there to hear and speak with us. So with all of that, here's the question that we think provides not just a great scripture study, but a great way to invite God to talk to you through your study of the Doctrine and Covenants and through the other thoughts, feelings that come to your mind and your heart uh, as you seek to apply what you're learning. Um, in verse 1, the very beginning of the Doctrine and Covenants, the first word that's used, as you probably know, is the word hearken, which if you look that up in uh, an 1828 dictionary, the dictionary that would have been available at the time, the definition is to attend to what is uttered with eagerness and curiosity or to comply with. In other words, it's not just hear what's said, it's listen and obey, to attend to with eagerness and curiosity. And again, it's that all that will hear may hear. And I think we can see this throughout the Doctrine and Covenants is that the, this book shows us how God speaks to his people and how people receive his answers. So I think for us, as we study it then, knowing that this book was written to solve problems, written to answer questions, written to address calamities, the personal question that we ask is, knowing my own wrestles, difficulties, and trials, and again, after the year we've been through, we all have them. What do I want to hear from the Lord as I study, or maybe even as I experience the Doctrine and Covenants this year. What do I want to hear from the Lord as I study the Doctrine and Covenants this year? Well, I'll share just one thing from my study in answer to this question. And we see this come up a few times. He talks about the weak things and that he will use the weak things of the, wor of the world if they'll come to him. Um, starting off, I'll, I'll read verse 24. Behold, I am God and have spoken it. These commandments are of me and are given unto my servants in their weakness after the manner of their language that they might come to understanding. Um, I feel weak in a lot of things and I guess I always have, but maybe many of you are like me in 2020 kind of made you really see a lot of those weaknesses. Um, but what I'm reading from this chapter in Doctrine and Covenants section one is that God is going to use my weakness and he's going to help use that weakness to help me understand that he's still going to speak to me, especially as I come to him in verse 25. And inasmuch as they erred, it might be made known. We make mistakes. He's still going to make things known to us. Verse 26. And inasmuch as they sought wisdom, they might be instructed. Again, going back to what I talked about earlier is that those who are willing to hear will hear. And I, I believe that that's true. 
Verse 27, and inasmuch as they sinned, they might be chastened, that they might repent. Something else I really felt in this that I want to hear from the Lord is I actually want to hear these chastenings from him. I want to hear how he kind of rebukes and helps people be better because he says here, he chastens that they might repent. The only reason that we hear so much of him getting frustrated and angry is because he wants us to be better and he wants us to repent. And so for me, um, a few of those answers, I guess, are twirled into all those. But what do I want to hear is just, I want to hear his voice helping me be better. Well, in verse 28, uh, in as much as they are humble, that they might be made strong and blessed from on high and receive knowledge from time to time. Hey, why didn't I have that one highlighted? That's a good one. (laughs) For me, this question has helped the Doctrine and Covenants come alive. Already, as I've looked at some of those sources that we mentioned, and as I've studied this this chapter, um, we're excited to see what he has in store for us this year and how we can come closer to him through the study of the Doctrine and Covenants. So take this question... Uh, and make it a matter of study and pondering. What do you want to hear from God as you study, not just section one, but the Doctrine and Covenants this year? What do you want him to say to you that might address some of the questions or calamities that are going on in your personal life? Um, The youth theme for this year comes from section 64, which was actually received just a few months before section one was received. And so I've pondered it a lot. It's become kind of a personal theme for me that I'm adopting this year. Um, And I wanted to read it just to end. This is section 64, verses 33 and 34. Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing, for you are laying the foundation of a great work, and out of small things proceedeth that which is great. Behold, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind, And the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land of Zion in these last days. Now the youth theme hones in on the great work part of that, um, which is a beautiful part of that reference. For me, the part that stood out was, be not weary in well-doing after a year that has exhausted us and tired us out. I think the Lord's invitation to us here at the beginning of 2021 through this study of the Doctrine and Covenants is, Don't give up. Remember that it is the small and simple things that become the foundation for great things in the future. And so God bless you as you study this week, as you share what you find, your answers, your insights. Uh, Share them with us on Instagram. Share them with your neighbors, with your family, with your friends. Um, We're excited to be with you this year in the Doctrine and Covenants, and we will see you next episode.